Welcome, Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. That's me. Thanks for tuning in. This is News Radio 890 949 KDXU. Andy Griffin Show every morning, 9 to 10, with a few commercials, of course, thrown in as well. And uh, we uh, like to talk to guests our first half hour, and then we'll open up the lines a second half hour. Zach Renstrom is with me. Hi, Zach. How you doing? here sorry gotta get that right button pushed out that's my fault not yours uh it's been a button morning it's kind of weird but uh before we get rolling with zach in the washington county water conservancy district uh second half hour today we're going to talk about uh well the uh, the elephant in the room the, the fact that rush limbaugh has passed mm-hmm. away uh we have a big segment of our day here on kdxu 10 a.m to 1 p.m that has been for as long as I can remember the Rush Limbaugh segment. Uh, today, I want to ask for your help, folks. What do you want to replace Rush Limbaugh? And I know we want Rush Rush back. That's first choice. That's not going to happen. Although uh, they have been using a lot of uh, archived Rush Limbaugh thoughts the last you know last few well the last week or so since he passed away, and I love it. It's been great radio, but that can't last forever. Uh, do you have someone that you want in his place? Uh, some some thoughts we could go with whoever EIB uh, decides on. Um, we could go with uh, one of our other uh, personalities, maybe move Mark Levin up to an early slot in the day or Ben Shapiro. We could... Uh, Sean Hannity's show is live, by the way, so we can't move that one. It's going to stay at 1 o'clock. There is talk about Donald Trump or Mike Pence taking over a radio show. Now, Mike Pence has a radio background, so uh, he actually was a radio guy, had his own show before he got into politics. So that one seems like a pretty natural uh, fit Right there, although filling a three-hour radio show is, is a very difficult thing to do. There are other great radio hosts out there, including ones that have filled in for Rush, guys like Mark Stein, Todd Herman, Ken Matthews. Uh, so uh, if you have a thought uh, and you don't want to be on the radio, you can email me, agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com, agriffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, at cherrycreekmedia.com. You can text our text line at 435-467-5842 and give me your thoughts on it, or you can call into the show in the second half hour. We'll talk about what we're going to do with the 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. slot right here on KDXU. And uh, the answer is probably not going to be I will be on then because I already have a show and I have a whole bunch of other duties and uh, they're not going to hire someone else to do my other duties so I can just do the show. So, And I don't think Rhett and Zach wants it either because he'd have to take a major pay cut. Uh, <laughs> I saw how much Russ was getting paid and uh, that would be a major increase. Well, no, I, I mean here on KDHU, you, you would not. <laughs> it would not be a pay increase if you were here locally. <laughs> anyway, Zach, thanks for coming on the show today. It's always good to have you on, man. Everything go, going all right? Yeah, I I have to be on my best behavior today because my wife is listening today. So I'm going to try uh, to be really good. Doesn't she listen every time you're on? No, she she's a school teacher, so she oh, okay. she has to be focused on those school students. And, but today she's home. So just by the way, Zach's what's her name? By the way, Allison. Allison. Uh, all of the past shows that Zach have been on has been on. They're all archived on our pod- podcast page. So if you wanted to go back and listen to some of the stuff he said, good, bad, or ugly, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, thanks for listening, Allison. That's very nice of her. She she got today off or early out day or something. What no, she's she's homesick. Oh, homesick. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope she feels better. Well, thanks. 
you have got to be a little bit sick, uh, heart sick, uh, the, the lack of water we have right now. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah. Um, in the last, well, about a month ago, I was very, very, very concerned. But we did have a couple of storms that came in and bumped up our levels uh, to to the point now that I can sleep at night. And so thankfully, we did get two storms in that really put a good snowpack up there above Zions National Park where we get our water. Mm-hmm. So that, that has really helped a lot. Now we're still only about 60% of average, which is, you know, extremely low. But at least at that point, we can probably fill our reservoirs we can kind of take care of things for this upcoming summer um, where, you know, a month ago we were almost looking at like 40 to 30% snowpack. So, wow. but yes. we could definitely use a couple more storms to come in and, and really help boost that up. The tough thing too, is that the, when we look at the soil conditions, the soils are so dry all over the County. And so of that 60% snowpack, we know a good portion of that will just actually go right into the soil and, and just kind of hydrate the soil before it actually runs off into our reservoirs. Do we have to dip into any of our reserves? Will we have to dip into any of our reserves? You always talk about redundancy, and, you know, and double coverage, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that going to be a factor this year? Yeah. I mean, th- where we have those reserves really is under San Hollow Reservoir. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had water percolating into that substrate, and into that aquifer for almost 20 years now. And so we have about 50,000 acre feet of recoverable water underneath that reservoir that we could tap into during an extreme drought. Um, but if we start tapping into that, that's, that's almost biblical drought times. So that's, that's where Sand Hollow Reservoir is essentially completely dry, meaning no boats on it. Quell is really dry. Um, so we, we, could, we could tap into that aquifer for a very short time, but it really is just a small short-term um, but even with this upcoming year, you know, a, a lot of the people that irrigate off the rivers, they will get shut off probably about the end of June. Mm-hmm. And so they may only get like one or two cuts of alfalfa this summer. And then, you know, in August and September, they won't get that. And so we have a river commission on the Santa Clara and also on the Virgin. And those commissioners, they watch that and they, they go through the year. And as the water drops, they start shutting people off. And so we, so people, a lot of people, especially the farmers, will not get their full allocation of water this year because of that very reason. If we don't get more rain, more you know, water to help, uh, do you anticipate restrictions for the everyday average Joe like me? It depends on how I, this summer goes. And so the last two summers have been really hot and extremely dry. Like we broke a record two years ago. Yeah. Last year we only had that one freak storm. And so if we don't get any precipitation, so right now we're at 60%, but those numbers change. And so... Um, the graphs show that we're supposed to continue to get additional moisture, the average, I should say, for the next two months. And if we don't get that and it just stays steady and we have a hot, dry summer, I, yes, there would, be, there would be things that the cities would have to implement to, to shut people off of water. And when I say shut people off of water, it's, it's not the indoor use. It would be much more, of more, much more restrictive water use in the outside. Lawns and things Yeah, like and also in our construction industry, um, you know, they use a lot of water during construction to keep the dust down and also for compaction of the soil. And we might have to, if it got to that extreme level, then we'll reach out to those uh, major water users for like for construction and start shutting them off. Can you talk a little bit now, just change topics a bit uh, about the water board. I, we get calls a lot on, well, so-and-so is on it and so-and-so is not on it. Wh- who makes up the water board and who decides who makes up the water board? So originally it was actually a district court judge. So the, the water district was set up by private citizens where they went to um, a district court judge and basically said, 
we need something in this county to help manage and protect the water. And so a district court judge set up, and for years and years and years, a district court judge would set it up. Um, that changed to the county commissioners now appointed. Oh. Um, hmm. What we did was there, there was there's always a lot of feedback on what to do, um, but the water district's number one client, for lack of a better word, is the cities. We're a wholesaler of water. We sell it to the cities. And so about six years ago, we started putting mayors on that board. And so the vast majority of my board now is made up of mayors. We do have one county commissioner. So on the board, everybody in this county votes for at least one of my board members, which is the county commissioner. Um, 80% of our county actually votes for two people because we have a mayor. So um, we had Mayor Pike on there um, for a long time. Now he's resigned and, and uh, as mayor. And when but the he's, new... But he's still on the water board right now, right? He is. We reached out to Mayor Randall and, and talked to her. And we also talked to Mayor Pike. And we said, you know, there's this a little bit of a transition. Yeah. Um, mayor Randall, uh, she's up for re-election, I guess, uh, in November. And so right. once the voters decide there, then the new mayor of St. George would come onto our board. Um, so we have, you decided instead of making a double change, you'll just wait. Yeah, because there is about, a, uh, I'd say, at least a one-year learning curve for the board. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, when we do have a new member come on, I take them out to the facilities I try to get them up to speed as fast as I can, but there is just that learning curve. And so, you know, in, in talking with Mayor Randall, uh, you know, and, and Mayor Pike, um, we, we just said, what would you prefer? And they said, well, let's see what happens with the November election. And then that new person could come onto the board. And, you know, there's several mayors that uh, on our board that, you know, uh, I don't know if they're going to run for re-election or not, but if they don't, there would probably be a transition there. And so hmm. having mayors on there has been extremely effective in oh, the okay. sense that... Good. The water district, we have very limited control. Like, we, we don't pass ordinances. We don't implement um, policies for the cities. The cities do that. And so for us to have that close relationship with the city, and um, so we can talk about water conservation, about what are the best methods, and then have those mayors hear that, understand that, and then they can take that back to their city councils and talk about that. It's been very, very, very helpful. What is, uh, what, what is your relationship with the board? Like, do you meet once a month, and are you directing them, or is it a, a, a true board meeting where everybody has the input and you decide things? No, so it's a public meeting, right. and, and we notice it up as a public meeting. Um, so we have a chairman of the board, and, and he's the one actually sets the agenda of the board. And that's who? That's Ed Buller. Okay. And so he sets the, the, the agenda. Now, with that, if anybody ever on the board has a question or wants to add something on the agenda, you know, We'll add it on there. Um, we also, Ed, um, Chairman Bowler, I should say, is really good about when public comes into our meeting. He always invites them to come up and, and you know, save comments or, or give feedback on anything. Um, and so the board sets the agenda. They set the policy. They do the budget. And, and I mean, that's all actually laid out in Utah statute. That's their authority in that. Now, with that, every once in a while, a board member will come in and they'll have like a specific question, maybe about uh, an infrastructure project or something the district's trying to manage. Um, so like Sand Hollow Reservoir, you know, technically that is a, well, it's not technically, it is owned and controlled by the water district. But the Utah State Parks um, manages the recreation on it. Right. And so, you know, I had a board member that had some questions about that. And so we went out there and, you know, I, I just took him out one-on-one. The two of us went out there and we, we talked about it and looked at it and I, I learned about his concerns. And then, you know, I went to the state park and said, hey, we state parks, you need to start doing some things and gave them some feedback. And they, they responded very well. And so, so it's a very active. I have some board members like 
traditionally that are very active that'll call me almost once a week asking questions, wanting to know what's going on, and, and I help, you know, educate them or explain it or get their feedback. And I have some board members that, you know, they show up, they listen to the things. But I say that right now my board, we have great participation. They're almost always there. Um, we we have really long, lengthy discussions on things. Um, and it's it's been a really good board. And I think it's been extremely beneficial to have those mayors on there. Um, because if if we don't have the cities and the district working closely and, and hand-in-hand, that's... It could, it could actually go bad and then have mayors come in there and, and talk about what, you know, if Washington City's doing something, it's, it's really good for the other mayors to hear. So Washington City just did the Boilers Park. Right. And they did some really cool things up there with water conservations and, and the district was able to go in and, and help with a few things up there. And and for Mayor Nelson to share what he did in their city and talking about water conservation and this park. It was really good for the other mayors to hear that and say, yeah, that's a really good idea. We're looking at that part too. And, and so it's just been really beneficial. It strikes me that a board that is a bunch of yes men is not, uh, it's not productive. And so it sounds like you have a board that is a bunch of guys who have questions, have concerns, and, and uh, like you said, have lengthy meetings and discussions about, about things. That's, that's good, right? I mean, you'd rather have that than a bunch of guys who just show up and rubber stamp everything. Yeah, they don't. And in fact, there's been multiple times, usually with water situations too, is, is the, the board comes in and that's, what's nice too, is, is, um, the way our board works is they, they don't have these little kingdoms or territories. And so they'll say, okay, even though, um, we might be doing something over in Ivan's and looking at something Ivan's, um, and you know, let's say one of our board members in hurricane, he's, he's looking at that. We'll have discussions on that and the board will talk things through and work things through until they, they all kind of come to a general consensus. So if, if, if we bring up an item and we talk about an item, we'll talk about it for hours. Um, and if, if people still have questions, they won't take a vote on it. They're like, okay, we need more information. So they won't vote for something. They'll say, let's take this back. Let's go get more additional information. Um, and they will. And so one of our consultants um, with Bowen Collins Engineering, he loves our board because he comes in, he presents something to the board, and a lot of times they say, no, we're not ready to take action on this. Go get more information. And, and what he loves about it is how they will dive down into the details of projects and, and find out what's going on. And then the nice thing about our board, too, is that even if it benefits, let's say, only the west side of the county, um, my board members on the east side of the county, they recognize that we're all in this together and we all need to work together. And so, yes, a project may only benefit the west side of the county, but, you know, it's just a matter of time before a project comes up that benefits the east side of the county. And, and they talk about that and they work that through all those things. And even the... Um, you know, we, we talk about projects up in Enterprise and what we're doing up on the Enterprise Reservoirs and, and how we can help up there. And, and you know, we, we talk about that and we say, well, what can we do to help Enterprise? Now, the city of Enterprise is not connected to our... 90% of the county population is con- directly connected to our pipes. Yeah. But the other 10%, let's say Enterprise, they're, they're not. So, we'll, But yet they still pay property tax up there. And so we'll say, well, how... Our board will talk about, okay, what can we do for Enterprise? And so, you know, up in Enterprise... We've helped with their, their, a lot of their water lines up there. we provided funds for water lines up there. Um, the reservoirs, we've actively monitored those reservoirs with our SCADA equipment and provided cameras that help the city of Enterprise up there. And so, yeah, it's, it's a really good board. I, you know, I've been on lots and lots of boards, and I have been on those boards where things are just kind of 
mundane and we kind of get things through. But on this board, we have really good active discussion that I find very beneficial. Um, And I love how they will say, nope, we're not going to vote on this right now. You go get us more information. All right, uh, we've got some folks lined up on the phone lines. By the way, if you want to be part of the show right now, 673-5890. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll start talking about, the well, who we're going to get to replace Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> uh, that'll be a hot topic as well. But right now, let's go to line one. Hi, uh, you're on with Annie with Zach Renstrom from the Water Conservancy District. How are you? I'm doing good. What's on your mind? Hey, I just, I just wanted to say that I think the Water Conservancy District is really, really doing a great job. I think that they are very conscientious in taking care of something that is as valuable as gold, meaning the water and the situation at hand with the growth going on in St. George and with all of the you know worries of the drought and everything else. I just want to say that they're, I think the board... I think all the members that work there, the employees and so forth, are all doing an excellent job, and I really appreciate what they're doing and what they're fighting for for us here in St. George. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, that's I, usually people only want to talk to me when they're upset about something, so to, for you to reach out and say that, I, I really appreciate that. And I also want to thank you for recognizing uh, our crews. I have amazing crews. They'll, they'll go out at 3 o'clock in the morning and jump in cold water to, to make sure that we have a safer, reliable water source here. And so thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I just I just really do. I mean it, and I, and I think that uh, I think it's so important that, you know, you've brought up some of the points that have really struck me, too, that, you know, people aren't just making decisions. They're, they're really putting some time and some effort and trying to do the best they can in all situations, and that's... Uh, that's comforting to me, somebody that's lived here for you know, over 25 years and you know, would love to die in this same uh, city and state or whatever you want to call it. And so I appreciate it, and thank you for all you're doing. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call today. All right. So, go to, go to, oh, go ahead. I was just, there was one, there's, we've been getting a lot of questions on a subject, and I was wondering if it's okay if I brought that up. Let's, let's do this. Let's take one more call, and then okay. we'll, we'll bring that up. Sounds right? good. This, they've been waiting a while. Hey, uh, go ahead. You're on with Andy and Zach. Is that me? Yep. Hey, I just had a question for you. So, um, it's I've listened to Zach come on a couple of times. It sounds like if we run out of water, it would basically just be like a valve, right? So you would just stop submitting um, building permits, you, or you would you would tell the cities to stop issuing building permits at that point when we're out of water. So I wouldn't go and say to the cities, "Hey." you have to stop issuing building permits. What I would do is I'd go to the city and say, you're not getting any more water. And so at that point, the cities would have to make a determination of what they're going to do. Um, They could have the ability to stop issuing building permits, or they could have the determination to start implementing very strict um, regulations and and ordinances about water use. And so they could come and say, okay, you can only, you know, you, you can't install grass, you have to rip out grass. Um, they could rip out some of their own golf courses to free up some of that water capacity. And so at that point, it, I just really turn it over to the cities and say, you need to determine what you want to do with this amount of water that I'll be able to supply you. But it would not gotcha. be up to the district to, to shut off building permits or anything like that. Okay. So so the concern I have is building is, is just going nuts right now in, in Washington County. We all know that. Um, there's new companies popping up left and right. Our number one industry is construction right now. That's where all the jobs are at. So 
if if you guys come and, and one day just say, okay, we can't supply any more water, then the cities could just say, okay, no more building. That would put thousands of people out of work. Wouldn't it be wise to kind of tell them at this point, like, maybe or, or maybe we start limiting the, the number of building permits instead of just saying one day, okay, there's no more building permits that are going to go out. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you that just having an abrupt stop would be horrible, and that would not be smart for anyone. And that's that's one of the things that I like having mayors on my board is because, you know, every month now I update the mayors exactly where we're at in our water conditions, both just, you know, our, our yearly water conditions and also looking forward so that they can plan ahead. And, you know, and and so I'm, I'm kind of warning the cities, hey, if we're, we're getting to an area that I, I'm not feeling comfortable anymore and I'm getting very concerned. So let's do exactly what you said. Let's be wise about this and start being really proactive in some of these things because we can't have just some drop dead deadline where we're like, okay, no more permits after this date. We need to be smart about that and implement a lot of these things that we could do to help diversify that. Now with that, I'm also actively pursuing, you know, projects to increase our water supply. Um, we have two reservoirs that we're looking at right now. Um, of course, we have the Lake Powell Pipeline that we talk a lot about, and we're looking at some other smaller projects, too, to bring on additional sources um, for for our county. Gotcha. Thanks for the info. I'll, I'll hop off and listen. All right. All right thanks a lot. Thank you for the call. Are you okay with taking one more call? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll, it's it. up right. to you. Hey, you're on with Zach Renstrom and Andy Griffin today. How are you? Uh, well, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Zach, I would just like to... Uh, uh, just kind of clarify, you know, at least in, in uh, my mind, you know, you say that the cities are the uh, Conservancy District's primary customer, and I would argue that uh, that's not true. The end user, those of us who use the water, are your primary customers. And it seems like the board is made up of uh, a lot of people who may have uh, ulterior motives or may have uh, interests that don't directly uh, lie in line with those of us who actually use the water and live in the community. And so what I would like to ask is that you uh, make the board a little more diverse. I don't think just because somebody's elected a mayor that they have any better knowledge or understanding of the community and the needs. And so uh, the end user is your primary customer, and I would like uh, for you to consider that and perhaps change your focus. And, and that's that's a fair point. I mean, the citizens are... The, the ultimate person that is actually drinking the water and, and they're the ones that are paying it. And, and that's a, that's a very good point. Um, and I know there's a lot of discussion about who should be on the board. And, and so, you know, it, it's, it's a discussion that's been had for 30 plus years in our County about who should be on our water board. And, and that's one of the things is what you're saying is, well, then who, sh- who should represent like the, the people of St. George. And that's why they kind of came up with the mayor there. And, and if the mayor is unable to do it, um, like out in Hurricane, you know, at that time the mayor wasn't able to come onto our board, um, we, we selected a city councilman from, from Hurricane to come on the board. And with the thoughts of, you know, the, the, the people have voted for this individual to represent a group of people. Um, but I'm sure we'll have more discussions about it as we go forward. And, um, you know, there has, there's always that lively discussion of, like, who should be on there. Um, I know well, a lot of... Like I have a, the environmental group right now that's adamant that they should be on my board. 
Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would like to. So it sounds like the the uh, whole thing started from private citizens, and that the government either was invited in or uh, you know began to uh, take control of this. Perhaps uh, we should head backwards towards what what started out is that this belonged to the citizens, and perhaps the citizens should have a great more. Uh, amount of influence and control over what happens rather than a bunch of bureaucrats. So, and it's, it's always that discussion, and I invite people to come. In fact, one of the things that I, I would say it's most interesting to me is how few people actually come to our water boards. Um, and well, I, it would I be. I know a gentleman who came to one of the water boards uh, during a, uh, a uh, consideration for raising taxes, and he put on a presentation. Uh, he was uh, very much involved in it. He asked that his taxes not be raised. Several of them apologized to him prior to that, saying, oh, we're really sorry, but they went ahead and voted to raise our taxes anyway. So I'm not sure that, you know, the public participating really has that much effect. So, uh, you know, and that's one of those things we can talk about. Um, I, I would say that when these people show up, th- that every time the board does listen to them, I can say that I've seen multiple times where the board has taken different actions on things because of feedback that they have received from the public. And, you know, a lot of times there's contradictions on what the public wants. Uh, you know, one person will call up and say, I, I want this, and another person calls up and says, I want that. And and that's where the board will, will balance that. From my experience, from what I've seen in the last six years b- being involved with the water district, um, most times that when this when a citizen shows up and, and express concerns about something, um, the board has taken action. I think a perfect example of that is up on Kolob Reservoir. Um, last year, the board received a lot of feedback about Kolob Reservoir and what should be done up there. And this year, we're, we're now taking some steps to help out on Kolob Reservoir. And we're going to be spending uh, some funds up there to help manage the Kolob Reservoir better. And that was the only reason why that is happening is because of some concerns that some private citizens brought to the board. Jack, I got to get a weather break oh, in. Yep. Thank you for coming on today, though. Sure. It's, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about the board next time for sure. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy. Welcome back to the program 739 on KDX here. We're going to take the next uh, 20 minutes minus two minutes of commercials and talk about, well, the Rush Limbaugh show. Rush Limbaugh, obviously, uh, there there has been no one else ever in the history of radio who has done what he has done. And nationally, every day, 20 million people turned into the Rush, tuned in to the Rush Limbaugh show. Uh, obviously, uh, Rush passed away last week. Uh you know, it was it was tough for a lot of people. If you think about it, and I said this during my tribute show last Friday, if you think about Rush Limbaugh uh, versus, say, your friends, how often do you see your best friend, not counting your spouse? How do you, how often do you see your buddy? Maybe once a week. Maybe you work with them and see him a little bit here and there at work. But do you spend three hours every single day with your friend, with your buddy? You don't. Uh, even this show, maybe you listen to this show every day. It's an hour, you know, you, you get one hour's worth and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's cool. And I appreciate you listening, but it's not three hours. So for, for us to lose Rush Limbaugh was especially painful. And I'm speaking personally as well as, uh, to, to the, to, you know, to the public, because I listen to Rush every single day of the week. And, uh, so what we've got now is a very, very interesting situation. 
Uh, KDXU has been running Rush for years, decades even. Uh, Rush Limbaugh has been the centerpiece of of talk radio here in St. George. Now, uh, there are some unique unique things about that. Number one, he is a nationally syndica- syndicated radio host. Uh, if you know, getting on the air with Rush, I w- I would submit in in the last two decades the number of people who actually talked on the air with Rush from St. George, you could count on one hand. Uh, so there was a certain lack of accessibility, uh, and that's not a slam on rush. That's just a reality as a national show on 600 plus stations, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get access. You think every station has, you know, 12,000 listeners an hour, you know, that's 40,000 listeners or something like that, uh, for each station for 40,000 times 600. Well, you know, you do the math, obviously there's. A lot of people listening and a lot of people trying to get through and call. And and uh, so that was something that was lost in, in having Rush and Sean Hannity and Ben Shapiro on KDXU is we don't have uh, local interaction. It's it's just not available. But that being said, these guys are so good, especially Rush Limbaugh, so good that it didn't really matter. It wasn't that important. Uh, so we're faced with a situation now where Rush Limbaugh has passed on and, uh, we're all going to miss him obviously. Uh, and there is no, you know, I, I hate to even use the word replace. There is no replacement though for Rush. No one will ever measure up to what Rush Limbaugh has done. Uh, you know, he, he has, he's transcended politics and he, you know, to the point where he was your, he told stories. He, it, it just was fun to hang out with Rush. You know, you felt, felt like you're hanging out with your buddy. So anyway, I already, I already talked about that. So I'll move on. What I'm, what I'm getting at now is what is KDXU going to do in this spot? And I'm the program director of KDXU. I will have a lot of input as to what we do with the 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. spot. Uh, as I look at it, there are some options. Uh, option number one is we go with whatever EIB gives us. Right now, EIB has guest hosts, a different guest host every day, comes in, talks a little bit, and then they play a whole lot of Rush archives. I love it. It's, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, it's, it's almost like Rush hasn't got, you know, it didn't die. Uh, but after a while, I mean, some of the stuff is dated. He did a, a segment this morning, uh, the Rush Limbaugh Morning Minute, and he talked about something that happened a month ago, only it didn't happen a month ago. What he was talking about actually happened uh, nine months ago. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, obviously uh, it, it was an archived situation. So, you know, maybe we just go with whatever they're going to end up with on the EIB network. Uh, maybe it's continuing for a long time. They're guest hosts with, in a, with intermittent uh, rush sound bites mixed in. It's good, but I don't know that it can last forever. Uh, the next choice is uh, for EIB would be to present to us some kind of guest host uh, who is no who becomes permanent a host that takes the place of Rush Limbaugh talking with some of my colleagues in radio in the, the fellow program directors yesterday in radio they said that would be what you would call the sacrificial lamb that that would be the person that when when you fill in for a legend like Rush Limbaugh you can't it doesn't matter how good you are you can't win so that that is option number two, or option number one, I guess, is is uh, uh, you know continuing what they're doing. Option number two is if they come up with a host and we stay with that, uh, and both of those are kind of out of our hands. Uh, 
written into almost every contract with the Rush Limbaugh show is if Rush were to leave the show, or in this case, pass away, uh, we have a 30-day opt-out. So we can actually write them a letter as soon as we decide what we're going to do and say we want out 30 days from right now. So then what, then, then the issue becomes what do you do with that three-hour time slot? Do you bring in another syndicated national talk show? Do you try to bring someone in who is local-ish, like a Brian Hyde? Uh, I have my program from 9 to 10. Maybe we expand it, go an hour longer. In fact, I, one of the texts I got is I asked for texts on people's opinions on this. Uh, uh, said another hour of the Andy Griffin Show. That would be a lot of work, but it's definitely doable. Uh, I don't know. I Like I said, I don't want to be the guy to replace. I, I don't. That's an unenviable position to be the guy that replaces Rush. Uh, so I've uh, solicited you to give me some answers. First of all, our text line, 435-467-5842. If you want to email me, it's a griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Or if you want to call and be a part of the show, uh, and let's, uh, let's do this. Let's take some calls right now. Hi, you're on with Andy. Uh, we're talking about Rush Limbaugh. What are we going to do with that time slot? What do you think? Yes, good morning, Andy. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. How are you? Excellent, thanks. Excellent. Yes, uh, just from hearing what, what you're talking about, the options, I would feel that it might, since it's still so close and fresh, to definitely see what EIB itself is going to put out. I, I feel that they wouldn't be doing Rush Limbaugh memorial stuff for, you know, too much longer. And, yeah. and they may make a change that you want to just stick with with keeping them um, where you said that your time slot's full and you couldn't do the show yourself, I would definitely see to, uh, to just hang on to EIB for now and kind of see where it goes and not, not make any quick decisions. Do, do you agree that whoever EIB brings in is really destined to fail just because you can't, there is no, there is no other rush in this world. Right, right. But everybody, I mean, including yourself, I mentioned yourself, you're even brainstorming yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. what can I do? What can I do now? This might just get everybody else there to raise their game and realize there's a huge um, opening here to to fill, which would be a business opportunity for a a lot of you guys that are in the business. So let's just uh, not stick a knife in it and say it's no good. I'm in a, you know not listen to the radio anymore. Just be patient, kind of see where it goes and yeah. make our moves, make our moves as it goes with opportunities that are, might present themselves. Patience is, is probably going to be the key. You're right about that. Thank you for the call today. Good to talk you to bet. you. Thanks, Andy. You betcha. Uh, we're going to go to line two here in a second. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to add to this, there's a lot of things at stake, including uh, a lot of money. Uh, KDX, she was very successful commercially, as you probably have heard. Uh, I have one salesman friend that works for Cherry Creek that he says if you know if he goes and does a sale call, sales call, he'll say, oh, yeah, we, we can do this for your company. We can do this for your company. And by the way, I can play your ads during the Rush Limbaugh show. He said, that's a slam dunk. He said, that's going to be that's going to be hard to let go. All right, let's go to line two. Hey, uh, Doug, I think it is on line two. How you doing? No, Kelly. Sorry, it's Kelly. (laughs) Go ahead, Kelly. Hi, Hi, Andy. Um, Hang in for EIB. Give them a chance. We um, happen to think, my husband and I, that uh, maybe he's come up with something through the year with 
Trump. And uh, now that with the Trump loss, maybe some media empire will grow from this or some kind of a deal has been done. I don't believe EIB and Rush would leave uh, this unattended to without success. And so we'd encourage you to do that. I had a chance to get through to Rush numerous times. Did you? And I did. And one of the most memorable was um, as an owner of a massage business in town, I happened to tell him how much we would love him to come visit St. George, understand the beauty and the culture here, and offer to give him like lots of free massage, even a two-hour massage because we did those. (laughs) And it was so fun to engage with him. On that level, he had me on air for a couple of minutes laughing about that. I told him if he wasn't comfortable in our business, we would bring him in our home and serve him chili, white chili I'd been (laughs) making at the time. We had such a good laugh. There is no one that initially seems to be able to replace him, but I think something would be in the works we could watch for. Now, you mentioned Trump. Do you mean Trump on the air? Do you mean uh, just something associated with Trump and EIB, yeah, or, or what do you mean? I, I just think he was so, you know, in one of the shows in about November, right before the election, he gave such a tribute to Trump and yeah. said how much the country owed him, and that even though he was uh, disliked strongly by so many people, he had done so much for this nation. And I think that Rush was in, felt indebted and thankful to him and knew of his capabilities in the business world and the media world and maybe had something in the works that would come to fruition in case of what happened last week. Yeah, maybe there is a, maybe there is a master plan we don't know about. Thank you for the call today. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. I think generally feel the feeling right now I'm getting is be patient with EIB, see what happens. And that actually is our plan. We're, we're planning on sticking with them at least for a while. Uh, you know, if, if for no other reason than we have access on the airwaves to Rush Limbaugh, to, to, you know, to all the thousands and thousands of archived hours of Rush Limbaugh doing his thing. And we de- definitely don't want to leave until if if that uh, is fatigued, if that runs out. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, line three, how are you today? Hi, fine, thanks. Um, <clears throat> I agree. I think we should stick with IEB um, yeah, and I see, be, yeah. you know, how it goes. But if if you do choose to change, uh, I've really enjoyed Ken Matthews. Yeah, I think and he's I good. Believe, yes, and he's from Spokane. I mean, and we would get more of the Western uh, kind of point of view a little bit more than we get, um, you know, from back east or wherever. Right. Um, anyway, out of the, his guest host, I really enjoyed his guest host, uh, Mark Stein, et cetera. But I think Ken Matthews probably, to me, would be the one to use. Um, but, uh, but again, I agree. Let's wait and see what they're going to do with Russia's network. Uh, yeah, we all miss him, and we love him. And I appreciate you putting this out uh, to yeah. let us voice our opinions. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, patience again. That seems to be the word of the day. All right, let's go to line four. Barbara, are you there? I am. Hi, Barbara. How are you today? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing okay. Still missing Rush. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm, I'm really glad <laughs> they're playing a lot of his archive stuff. Well, yes. I. He felt like a friend. Yeah. And I've heard that 
echoed many times as people have been talking about him. <clears throat> I felt like he was a personal friend almost. He didn't know me, but I knew him. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> his wisdom, he was so brilliant. Um, there is no one that can ever take his place. But um, <clears throat> I would like to... I. Shapiro talks way too fast. He does he talk drives fast. drives me crazy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, Levin, mm, I don't know if I could take three hours of him either. <clears throat> he is an, but, emo- an emotional guy, isn't he? He gets really mad really quick. <clears throat> he is, and, and I appreciate his, I mean, I appreciate his strong conservative voice, Yeah. but I don't know that I could take three hours of him either. Um, I think maybe we should just wait it out and see what we think. Um, It is wonderful to still be able to hear Rush, and I'm sure he's looking down and smiling at all of us. And but I bet he's still concerned, knowing him, knowing him the way I do through the radio. And I have been probably from almost day one a listener um, of his, but. Anyway, I just think we need to give it some time, let okay. the dust settle, see what we think. And it definitely can't be quite as relevant because things happen, And but they do have the archives. They can go back, find similar situations, find similar um, topics that they can pull from and put that back on. I mean, I'm sure he... Um, he repeated himself in a lot of ways, but yet he always seems so relevant um, that I can't imagine that they don't have a lot of um, topics and issues to be able to draw from. Agreed. And Agreed. I really do miss him, but um, <clears throat> he he fought a good fight, and yes, he, he will be blessed, I'm sure, for all the all the good that he did for our country. I don't think any of us will ever fully realize how much good he did do. So Agreed. thank you for letting me talk. Thanks for, thanks for calling in today. It's 9.55. i got to get a quick commercial break in. And then, Steve, if you're hanging in there, we'll get to you as soon as we come back after this quick break. Now, if you need a loan, call Joe Shoney. His focus is customer services. Phone number is 435-590-6300. Uh, just to, it's all about you when you go to Joe Shoney for your loan. Whether it's a home loan, refinance, whatever it might be, Joe Shoney is your man at 435-590-6300. We'll go right to the phone line. Steve on line one. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, will KSUB also be doing the same thing that uh, KDXU does? That is a great question. I actually talked with our program director, Tim Nesmith, yesterday, and uh, we have a little bit different programming. They run Glenn Beck. We uh, don't own Glenn Beck in this market, so uh, they're thinking about moving Glenn Beck. And nothing has been decided, and no, I would say we won't necessarily do the exact same thing. Okay, well, that's that's good because it gives us a little... Uh, a uh, little variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I look. Everybody loved. Well, all of us who listen to this program for the most part loved Rush, but Rush has died, and uh, he he's moved on. And I believe he's he's with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll never we'll never have another Rush. But you know, Rush started out as a young man, and he uh, developed what he became. And I think that we need more of a local flavor. I would love to see Brian Hyde uh, have an opportunity to fill that spot. 
and and let him grow and develop. And perhaps uh, 20 years from now, Brian Hyde will be the new Rush Limbaugh. Now, I realize that uh, Brian would probably say that. And, and maybe it won't happen because Rush was unique. But I would love to see more of a local flavor uh, rather than, you know, we have Hannity, we got Levin, we got Shapiro. We've got everybody on the planet talking about national global issues. I would love to see us focus on a local personality, local people, where we can call in, we can talk, and we can discuss those things that are relevant to our area. Nice. Okay. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. You bet. Keep it moving. Line two. Let's see. Rhonda, are you there? I am. Good morning. Morning. We're getting down to about a minute and a half. What's on your mind, Rhonda? Okay. Well, uh, I I would imagine that Rush already has devised a plan for his show, mm. uh, knowing so. Rush. Probably so. <laughs> but if uh, if he does, if EIB Network does go off air, I would suggest checking out Michael Medved and Dennis Prager. Okay. Michael Those are two good conservative talk show hosts that I've listened to many, many years ago when, when I lived in California. Okay, I'm writing them down right now. I will check them out myself. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the call. All Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, time for one more call. Randy, you're on. What's up? Hey, Andy. Hey, well, thanks I for calling. That, yeah, you bet. I think uh, EIB knows what they're doing, and certainly Rush did. So several people have said that, but I say hold the line. Let's wait, wait them out, see what happens. Okay. Very, very well said. All right, appreciate yeah, that. Thanks, thanks for the call. Uh, and and I should probably say this as we wrap up the show today: uh, we are going to be patient. We are. This is not a decision that's going to be tomorrow or next week. Even it'll probably be weeks down the road, maybe months down. The, if they find a suitable replacement at EIB, we may do nothing at all. But I can tell you this: we're going to continue to try hard to be your news talk leader. Uh, this show will be here. I'm not planning on going anywhere unless I die. Too. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but uh, I really appreciate your listening and your input today. We'll talk about it some more tomorrow.